Welcome to another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein. You may not know the name, but you sure as hell have seen her art. Alison Michael Orenstein is a New York City-based portrait photographer whose work has graced the covers and the pages of numerous publications, Vanity Fair, Esquire, People, Vogue, Elle, New York Magazine, Art Forum, The Wall Street Journal, The Hollywood Reporter, Billboard, Town & Country. Allison's love affair with photography began when she was 15. She brought that passion with her to the University of Delaware, where she earned a BFA in photography in 1998. Shortly thereafter, Allison's career began in the studio of architectural photographer Chun Lai. She spent seven years as his studio manager and photo assistant before going out on her own. And in the years since 2005, Allison has photographed artists, musicians, actors, directors, dancers, comedians, Among them, Chuck Close, Philip Glass, Stella McCartney, John Waters, Billy Crudup, Amy Schumer, Patricia Clarkson, Tony Danza, folks we know and folks who we don't. She's worked Fashion Week, also shoots architecture, interiors, exteriors. Her work is prolific, ubiquitous, intimate. You can't help but be drawn in. And by the way, Allison has been the recipient of several awards and honors. So it's time to meet this very creative woman, Allison, welcome, and thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Sandy, for having me. This is a rather unusual way to begin, but I got to put this out there. I hate having my picture taken. (laughs) Of course. Candid is one thing. Posed is another. What do you do with somebody like me? I would say most people are like you. Really? Even the ones with the bold face names? Uh, well, they're used to performing, but I think like real people, in quotes, <laughs> uh-huh. real people hate having their picture taken and they feel so uncomfortable. So how do you make me feel less uncomfortable and make me look good in an 8 by 10 That is my job is to make people feel comfortable. I have to get people to relax. Mm-hmm. I have to get people to trust me. I guess I do that by, I mean, I'm a pretty disarming person. So, Yeah. I think I just create an environment where we're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to hang out, just like we're doing here. Thank God there's no camera. (laughs) Exactly. We're just going to get each other to relax and have a moment together. But is there some psychologizing along with that? Not that you're necessarily going in with an agenda, but you're thinking that you can make me relax and you're working at it, but it's not working for me because it's me, not you. I think my energy is contagious yeah it makes mm-hmm. people calm down because i'm i'm nervous too when i start a shoot people don't usually think that that the photographer is nervous too i wouldn't i would be just very dismissive of right. your feelings so, unless you were just so annoyed or pissed off with the subject you know right which doesn't tend to happen usually mm-hmm. i walk in and i'm like how am i going to light this what are we going to do where are we going to shoot this person how am i going to best uh photograph this person and and make them Look beautiful. Um, There's not a necessarily an agenda in advance, is there? If you're if you're thinking of all these things, how am I going to shoot this person? Unless you get very specific instructions in advance, does that happen? I think a lot of it has to do with how much time I have. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'll have an hour with somebody. Some sometimes I'll have ten minutes. So with ten minutes with somebody, I really can't think too much. No kidding. So the thinking goes out the window. And it just becomes the doing. Innate almost. Yeah, we're just having like an experience together. And so usually I just, people always want to know 
okay, what do I do? You know, they're sitting there staring at me. Yeah. So <laughs> usually I I just, never think that you might be uncomfortable. You know, right. It never dawns on me that the photographer could be a little unnerved. Right. And I'm uncomfortable right until the minute I start shooting. Then I'm shooting and all my thoughts go out the oh, window. Oh, I, I, that makes sense. Unless I'm like having a hard time composing or the person is so nervous, mm. then I'm then my mind starts going, oh, God, like, what are we going to do here? This is going to be a disaster. But then I'm just like, okay, goodbye, critic. You know, let's get into the moment here. And then uh, things just start to relax. The energy calms down in the room. And people, you know, it's like uh, when I used to shoot film, they would say, uh, like in school, they're like, the first roll of film is going to be nothing because mm-hmm. you're both nervous. But after that first roll of film, that's when the magic starts to happen. So I know some photographers who used to not even shoot a first roll of film. Clicking an empty camera because uh, you're not going to get anything because everybody's so nervous. And then wow. it's the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth roll are, are now in digital, I guess, after like the first 36 pictures where you start to move into something. You start to have a creative experience. Does it ever happen that when... I understand with digital, you can see it right there and then, but mm-hmm. that you get back to your studio and you start looking at that particular shoot and you say, oh, good, nothing here. I think there are the shoots that are not as successful. Uh, oh, there's a diplomatic answer. <laughs> <laughs> Most, I feel like I always need just one, you know, like for a magazine or, um, yeah, I just need that one photograph of that person. So that's why I shoot a ton. Mm-hmm. I shoot a lot. I try to give, you know, at least three different scenarios of the person, and then there has to be just one in there. And I I do. I shoot a lot so that the editor's looking through and they can pick that one that works for the story. Another thing I just thought of, actually, is has it ever happened where you haven't loved your subject? I'm not looking to go in the gossipy route here, but where you just thought, oh, God, get this over with. Oh, yeah, for sure. I've only had maybe one or two shoots that have gone completely uh, terribly. So I'm pretty lucky in that respect. Well, that says a lot for you, too. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go in having a bad experience. Like, it's pretty fun what I get to do. You know, Mm -hmm. I get to go and meet people and hang out with them in their environments most times and go into people's homes and see where they live. And, you know, it's pretty exciting and fun. And I think with... Uh, the bad experiences, it's usually like the person themselves that I'm photographing is having a really bad day, and it has nothing to do with me. So it's really How nice like, for you not to take it personally, yeah, and I mean that sincerely. Yeah, and it's not, I mean, I have, believe me. I've been like, after the shoot, I was just like, thank God that's over. And uh, I was once photographing a chef, which, you know, chefs can be a little uh, egotistical. More so than <laughs> somebody else? I think chefs like to be the... Uh, the king of the castle. Because they're the king of the kitchen. Exactly. Like they're used to, yes, chef, no chef, 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 chef. (laughs) And um, I had one chef that I photographed, and he was just like attacking me. Uh, He was like, unbutton your shirt. He's telling that to you? Yeah. He was like, you, you know, I had my uh, shirt buttoned up to the top, and he was like, unbutton your shirt, relax. Why are you so uptight to me? And I was just like, huh? I was so confused. I was just like, what's going on? Why is he attacking me? You know what you should have said to him? I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Make me something to eat. Exactly. I'll feel better. Let's go back. Yep. Why'd you pick up a camera? Well, I was 15 and I was in high school 
and uh, I took a photo one class, and uh, I don't know, it was the class that kind of saved me from school because I hated, I didn't hate school, but I wasn't very good at school. I was an average student, a C student. and Nothing necessarily engaged you? Nothing engaged me. I wasn't a reader. I wasn't into math. I hated Spanish. Um, As soon as I started taking photography, um, I don't know. No pun intended, but something clicked. Yeah. It's something, (laughs) it sparked something inside of me. And I would photograph the girls who were my friends that I was like falling in love with because I was gay. Mm -hmm. So I was just like kind of coming to understand at 15 that I was a lesbian and uh, I would photograph my best friends and see their faces come up in the developer and then I would just like have a love affair with these women in the dark room. Wow. I mean girls then, we were 15, but yeah, that's how it really began That's what you were drawn to as opposed to a sunset or uh, a a rose in bloom. Yeah, I just wanted to photograph... um, these girls that I was in love with, their faces. I was obsessed with faces. I've always been obsessed with faces. I think that there's so much character in someone's face. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm always looking for is that uh, that moment and that just portraying a person in the most beautiful light and evoking a feeling or getting something from it. And you took that, as I said, with you as you got older and knew I've got to make this my career. I have to, again, no pun intended, i got to develop this more. Well, actually, I, you know, I, I was encouraging my, co- my high school girlfriend to go to art school, but I didn't think that I needed to go to art school. I was like, oh, I'm going to go to uh, a liberal arts school because I need to get a real job. So I went to University of Delaware. A local school for you? I went to high school in Florida. In oh, Bo- wow. Yeah, in Boca Raton. Which is Whoa. hilarious. Yes. Um, that is probably a whole other story. Exactly. Yeah. I spent <laughs> a lot of time on the beach. I was a total beach bum. But it was great. I loved I loved school in Florida. And I was in New Jersey before Florida. So Florida was great. High school in Florida and um, went to University of Delaware. And I started as a communications major because I thought I'd be doing something like this, like radio or television. And I think from a very early age, age there was something um, performery in me. You know, I did chorus. I was into music. There was something, uh, comedy. You know, it went from maybe performance to uh, visual art. So while I was encouraging my co- my high school girlfriend to, um, to go to art school, I went to University of Delaware, started as a communications major, and then I was photographing a friend of mine, and he said, you know, you're really talented in photography. Maybe you should switch your major. And I was like, Huh. And then I looked around at all the people in communications around me in my class, and I was like, I don't want to work with any of these people. And so I went over to the fine arts program and uh, switched to a photography major and then um, told my parents, and they were fine with it because I went from, again, from you know basically getting a 1-3 my first semester to then getting straight A's. Wow. So that was the thing for me. I like took it and ran. If you're just joining us, my guest today is New York City-based portrait photographer, Allison Michael Orenstein. So you get a degree, and you get out of school, and it doesn't take you long to get a job, does it? Well, I got out of school, and I moved to New York at 22. And I started as a studio manager for Chun Lai and uh, Erica Berger. And I just started working, uh, doing estimates, invoices, the whole business end of it, filing. There was a lot of filing. Um, And then I wanted to photo assist because I learned in college really how to see. 
Uh, they trained my eye, but in it wasn't a very technical school. So when I moved to New York, I was like, I need to photo assist so that I can learn the technical, the lighting. Uh, so I just wanted to assist, and I started assisting various photographers. And um, in addition to yeah. your boss, yeah. Well, I was working freelance. I've always been freelance. Aha. Uh-huh. So I was do two days a week with John, maybe two days with Erica, and I would kind of go on shoots with them as like a helper. I wasn't. I didn't know anything. So, you know, I'd get coffee, I'd do whatever they wanted me to do. And then uh, I started uh, photo assisting for different photographers maybe when I was like 24, 25. Yeah, around then. And then what was your big break in your head, meaning when you knew it was time to go out on your own? While I was assisting, I was always shooting, and I, I think that's really important. And I was shooting fitness, which was, I guess, because I shot a lot of nudes in college and portraits. So then I was shooting fitness for Fitness Magazine and Real Simple and stuff like that. But wait, I want to ask, was it difficult to get that work? They didn't know who you were. Well, it was the days of film, and you'd make a book with Mm. prints in it. That's very different now. Um, I mean, people still make books, but less. Um, Yeah, I would send my portfolio out. They'd have drop-off days and pick-up days, and I would just send my book out, uh, and I'd make a list. I'd make a list of all the magazines I wanted to work for. I always wanted to work for magazines. I was obsessed with Details Magazine. It was kind of, uh, you know, in the 90s, it was like the coolest magazine there was. It was like the face, dazed and confused, Details, and then it became more mainstream. It was like Details, Esquire, GQ. And what was the attraction for you? I loved uh, I loved the pictures in it. I just wanted to be part of these magazines because I love the pictures. So I was sending out my books. I was shooting and assisting. And I assisted for a really long time. I worked for some great people, for Greg Miller and Ethan Hill. And I had a lot of mentors along the way. I had great teachers and great mentors and people that I really uh, love their photography. And I got to just travel around the country with them and assist them for years and uh, learn from them. And I feel really lucky I had really nice people to learn from. So you get this feedback because your photographs are published, and that obviously emboldens you. You're smiling. Well, (laughs) fitness wasn't what I wanted to do. Got it, but it's a start. It was a start. And so I, when I turned 30, I... How long ago was that? Now I'm 40. Okay. So 10 years ago. (laughs) Uh, When I turned 30, I signed a contract with Getty Images, and that was for... Uh, stock and royalties and that sort of thing. And that's what helped me to transition from assisting to photographing. So it gave me an income uh, from royalties without having to assist. So I had monthly income coming in from Getty. And then, you know, the 2008 crash happened and everything kind of went Crashed. to shit. <laughs> yeah, went to shit, basically. Yes. And I started my career, basically, in 2008 when How everything nice went you. to shit. Yeah. <laughs> But I got I landed my first real editorial job in 2009 for Black Book Magazine, which was shooting David Cross, a comedian, hysterical comedian. And so um, you were commissioned, you were called by mm. Black Book to shoot him. Yeah, and I don't I don't know how they found me. I have no Who cares? idea. Right. So I ended up shooting that, and Black Book led me to Time Out New York. Time Out New York led me to Esquire. Esquire led me to Vanity Fair. My editor at Vanity Fair left. So then no more Vanity Fair. 
But then, in that transition, in that from publication to publication, were these covers or inside pages? Uh, inside pages, and for Time Out, I did a few covers. Are covers very lucrative? Yes. You're, it's, it's great. Uh, I feel like editorial is more to build your book. Editorial is you get to build your book. You, you make a living. You don't make a huge living. Uh, but you get to go on all these amazing shoots and be creative, and basically you can do what you want. When you're doing something editorially, you're not calling the shots, are you? For editorial, it's more about they hire the photographer because they like their vision. And, of course, there's the vision of the magazine. Like when I'm shooting for People magazine, I know I'm shooting for People magazine. Like people need to look like happy, smiley <laughs> happy people. Sure. Um, Because it's People Magazine. Exactly. And if I'm shooting something uh, for the Wall Street Journal and it's, uh, you know, more of a, I don't know, a piece like of Chuck Close, that was for the Wall Street Journal, I can just do a beautiful portrait of Chuck Close and then shoot interiors of, of his home. So there is definitely a look, and I know that there's a look of each magazine. So I still have my look, but then I'm trying to Marry it, Yeah, right? marry it with the magazine mm-hmm. to make sure that they're getting what they want. I'm still getting what I want. And it's, you know, beautiful pictures. So it was, for you, as you look back, a fairly natural progression? Or did you, like, wake up one morning and say, oh, my God, Vanity Fair, I can't believe it. Oh, I couldn't believe Vanity Fair. I was just floored. I was, Do you remember that first shoot? I think it was the owners of Soul Cycle. Uh, these so it was sort women. of fitnessy in a sense. It was, but they were, you know, we had like the whole, the motor home and the stylus and the hair and the makeup. Wow. And it was such a... Production. It was a production and it was amazing. And I remember just being like, wow, I can't believe this. This is amazing that I get to do this for a living. What particular shoots stick out in your head over the course of your 10 years? I'm very attached to the personal work I do. Um, As in the shoots with your wife? Yeah. I sh- so let's talk about the personal, because if people don't know your work, because when I check that out, it really is very personal. It says Simone Saint Laurent on your mm-hmm. website, personal. Mm-hmm. And that's really personal because mm-hmm. it's shots of your wife nude with some other women, whatever. Really, that's what I mean by drawn in and the intimacy of that. Yeah, I really I still love looking at that work. I shot that work when I first met Simone 14 years ago. We decided to take a trip to California. And uh, I photographed her with her friends in California, and I had never really explored California because I'm more of an East Coast person. She's a West Coast person. So we took this trip together, and I shot, I think, like 90 rolls of film in wow. 10 days wow. um, of 35. So that's a lot of film for me. And uh, and just created this body of work of documenting her. And the, and the light on the West Coast is so different than the East Coast, and it just was this... We had only known each other three months, so it was this kind of... She really trusted you, didn't she? Yeah, and it was this infatuation period. It was like we'd known each other three months. It was very hot and heavy in the beginning. And then it was, you know, this falling in love, Um, which, yeah, now 14 years later, looking back, it's like the nostalgia of that. So there's still, there's something I want to do with that work. I don't know what that is yet. But how great that is, that you can resurrect certain periods in your life, you as the photographer. 
as well as the subject and the flood of memories that it can bring back or what can elicit inside of you. That's why I love photography because I can't remember a goddamn thing. (laughs) Yeah. So I take pictures of stuff so I can remember it. So that was obviously impactful to you and important to you. Is there anything similar that you've done since I've been photographing artists now in my living room. I have a little home studio that I set up, and I've been photographing queer artists on a black background and have them wearing black. So they kind of emerge from the background. And it's these, it started off as a lighting test of a friend of mine. And then, it, and then I invited another artist over and then another artist. And I'm like, oh, maybe I have something here. And I looked over I, from the last year. I started it last year, and I shot maybe like, 12 portraits and they were all gay white men. And I was like, whoa, you know, I think I need to add some women into this and I think I need to add some people of color. So I'm opening it up to photograph women. I just photographed Jonah's policewoman who's a a musician, an amazing musician. So when it's artists, it's the arts, people from the arts. Yeah, performing arts, dancers, uh, writers, playwrights, visual artists, painters, Creative people. It's basically like what you're doing, but I'm doing it visually. And you're also including some men. I'm including some women. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If you're just joining us once again, my guest is Allison Michael Orenstein, who is a New York City-based portrait photographer. What have been your most fun shoots? Are there subjects that you've really connected with and then thought it would be great to do something with this person outside of the specific task at hand? Well, I really love shooting Chuck Close. That was amazing. That was kind of a, a dream job for me. Um, I've always been a fan of his work. And we had an hour to shoot his portrait and then another hour to shoot the interior. So that's a lot of time for me. Um, and he was just a trip. Like he, I was there with my assistant and I'm standing on his bed uh, photographing him in his bedroom. And he, he's used to being photographed. So he was pretty easy pretty relaxed, but he was telling me some crazy stories about how he met his wife. Um, so it was really fun, and I think I did a really great job on that. So you, um, really, you really connected beyond the clicking. Yeah, it was just fun to hang out with this iconic artist. Mm. Um, and then I was like, wow, he'd be amazing to photograph for this personal project I've been working on. I, think I loved photographing John Waters. Oh, and it, it, that was pretty obvious. That and he looked so comfortable in yeah. the in the pictures, too. Yeah, there was a taxidermy cat on the floor. What does that and, mean? Uh, oh, a dead cat. A dead cat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> taxidermy. Yeah, hello. <laughs> uh, this white fluffy. He had, like, art all over the floor. He was like, when we came in, he was like, be careful of the art. Don't step on the art. <laughs> and I was like, okay. There was, like, a pile of, like, felt poop in the corner. Oh, interesting. And, uh, well, he is interesting. Yeah, like a ceramic mousetrap, <laughs> uh, which was all art. It was amazing. And I said to him, is this your taxidermy cat? And he's like, oh, no. He's like, I'm not a lonely person. <laughs> uh, and I said, do you want to hold the cat? And he's like, no, no, no. So I just turned the cat around and used it in the picture. But, yeah, that was really fun. And he's a generous, hysterical man. He's so funny. So what is work on some level is not work. Yeah, I mean, the work is, I guess, leading up to the shoot. During the shoot, you're in the moment. And then after the shoot. Where you let your hair down. Yeah, you're just trying to uh, not go into a shame spiral after the shoot. That's my thing. Oh, what a great way to describe that. Yeah, it's just like show up for the shoot prepared, do the shoot, and then after be like, you know, 
I did the best I could. You referenced this earlier. Describe the difference between when you first started and film as opposed to digital shooting and the difference and how that's impacted you. And do you like one more than another? Um, I love digital. I think digital is great. You get to see it right then. I mean, I could with Polaroids, but you had to wait two minutes for the Polaroid. Well, they never looked good to me. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, it's so funny because I just taught a class at FIT for the first time, an uh, 18-year-old uh, freshman, and they, they're so nostalgic about film because they, don't, they didn't grow up with it. They grew up with iPhones and digital, and so it's like this nostalgic analog thing for them, Polaroids and film which there really aren't color dark rooms anymore, so it's not like you can print your own film. Uh, there's some black and white dark rooms, but there was this magic and nostalgia of, like, like I talked about uh, in high school, watching my, you know, my the first love of my life, her face come up come by, out of the, water. the developer. Yeah, uh-huh. And there is this, this magic about it. And with digital, it's, like, all right there. Do selfies make you crazy? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't really think about selfies. <laughs> it doesn't cross my mind. And it's not that, you know, that everybody is, quote, a photographer. I don't know if that's true. Or know? they think they are. Yeah, but again, I don't think that's true. And it doesn't matter to you anyway. Uh, who cares? And who cares? People can take selfies all they want. What, what does it have to do with me? But it's not taking away from your work. I think everybody has their own vision and everybody has something to contribute. So, you know, if I'm going to take a picture of you, somebody else is going to take a picture of you and take a completely different picture. Good point. Yeah, so it doesn't take anything away from me. Is there anything that really draws you photographically that you would like to take more pictures of? I mean, if you're on a vacation, there you are at some majestic scene. Is it just innate that you take that shot? That's not really how I operate. I'm more of a portrait photographer. Like, I like to see— Because I said you do exteriors and interior. Yeah, I have. I have done—I mean, I I don't know. I love shooting people. Like, when I'm on vacation somewhere, like, I go to Fire Island every summer, and that's another personal project of mine is just going up to people on the beach and photographing them because I find them interesting looking. And so— even when I'm on vacation, I still want to take pictures of well, people. Well, it's in you. It's yeah. not a job. It's part of who you are. It is, but it also takes work to want to pick up my camera. I'm on vacation. Is that the— It's kind of, I guess, like, I guess the difference between a professional and an amateur or in terms of a writer. Like, a writer has to show up and write every day as a professional. Yes. And there are some writers, I guess, who— write in spurts. But I think most writers, they have like a writing practice. I feel like it's the same with photography. I feel like I have to have a photography practice, just like any other practice, like a yoga practice, so that I can hone my skills, I can stay connected, I can create work, even if it's crap, (laughs) you know, and just keep working and keep honing my craft. Who haven't you taken a picture of that you would like to? Dead or alive? (laughs) Either or. Well, I was talking to a friend about this, and I think Dead or Alive, uh, I think that it would have been amazing to have photographed Gandhi. Uh-huh. What an amazing face. And what a kind face. Oh, my God. That would have been amazing. Um, but somebody that I haven't photographed now, um, God, I can't think of anybody right this second. I mean, I'm shooting Maya Rudolph. That's huge for me because I'm such a fan. I love her work. Now, does somebody call you up that has nothing to do with the publication and say, hey, Allison, I need some headshots? Do you do that? 
I don't really. I'm not. I'm not a headshot photographer. I'm more of a portrait oh, photographer. Portrait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I have been asked to shoot like uh, press photos uh, for celebrities. And you've do done that. Like, yeah, to shoot like their press and their promotion and stuff like that. So you've got an endless career ahead of you. There's so many people to shoot. That's what's so great about what you do. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like that's not going away. Like magazines are becoming more in a digital platform, but I feel like you still need pictures for the article. You still need a picture of somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, the pictures still draw me in. You know, I want to read the article, but I want to look at the pictures. The pictures, yes. Yeah. What is that like for you when you see... The byline? The byline. Um, Does that still give you goosebumps? When I see the magazine, I see my name there. I immediately, I think it gives my parents great joy. You know, like I send, I always get a copy and send it to them, and they're very proud. And, and they should be. Yeah, they're just, you know, it's, it is. Every time it happens, I'm like, oh, wow. I'm in a magazine. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, or if I see like an ad that doesn't have my name on it, I'm like, oh, there's my picture. Yeah, it is exciting. That's great. Yeah, I love it. I really love talking to you. We've run out of time. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Sandy. No, thank you, Allison. Yeah. Um, I really learned a lot from this, and I'm not sure that I'd still feel comfortable having my picture taken, <laughs> but I can certainly appreciate, and I'm glad for the work you do. Well, thank you so much. That was really fun. I'm glad. Yeah. Join us for another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. And if you know women who you think we should interview, contact us at sandykleinshow.com. Celebration of the joy